Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Have you ever had a bad day? You know, one of those days when everything seems to go wrong and you wish that you could just start over. I think we've all been there. <laughs> or maybe you're just in a hard season and you're struggling to know how to make it through. Well, the truth is that the Bible has a lot to say about difficult circumstances, whether they last for a day or for a long period of time. And it also tells us how we can respond to those situations. So come and join us in this conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace. Um, as always, Stephanie and Joanna here. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so I think I say this every time, but we are so blessed and glad <laughs> to be able to come back and have another conversation with you guys. So today we are going to talk about something that we've all experienced, and that is bad days. Or mm -hmm. maybe it's more like a bad season. <laughs> we want yeah. to talk about how we deal with times in our lives when our circumstances are just less than ideal, <laughs> But, mm -hmm. of course, before we dive in, um, share something good with me, Joanna. What's a favorite thing from this <laughs> week? Oh, man. Well, you know, I have to brag on my local church over, like, the past month, really. Mm -hmm. um, I have just been so amazed with how much we've had going on in our lives, mm -hmm. how much they've just rallied around us. You know, we moved not too long ago and actually moved closer to our church, mm -hmm. and I had church members showing up at my door with like fresh baked pumpkin bread to welcome me to the neighborhood. Aww. And I had members of my church coming over late at night to help me organize the playroom. And just That's so sweet. many people stepping in to help, offering to help. Mm -hmm. And then my daughter got a really bad cold with a fever that then like a week later turned into an ear infection. Mm -hmm. And my husband was out of town when all this was happening. And another friend brought me dinner um, without me asking her to. Mm -hmm. And so I just have been really blessed in those ways and a whole lot of other ways that I haven't even mentioned by my local church family this past month. And so I just had to brag on them a little bit. That's awesome. Being the hands yeah. and feet and just being blessed by receiving, you know. Mm -hmm. What about you, Stephanie? Oh, man. So I was thinking about this and I realized that my favorite thing this week was receiving the physical copy of this year's Advent study from the Daily Grace oh, Company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen yours man. yet? Yes, I got oh, it yesterday. <laughs> 
course, I was like tearing up because I had the privilege of writing the family advent study. And Mm -hmm. it was my... Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. It was my first big writing project with the Daily Grace Co. So it was so humbling to kind of just flip through this physical copy of something that Mm -hmm. I really feel like I poured my heart into. I love the the activity coloring book that goes along with it too. Yeah. And so super fun. I thought of just like what would work for my family. And I was like, you know, when I read something, um, like read alouds, my kids like to color or, you know, play with Legos or something that actually helps younger kids listen better. And so Mm. we thought of that, like having an accompanying coloring book. So while you read these family devotionals, your kids could color like a corresponding page um, and an yeah. advent coloring book. So that was so fun. Katie did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. as always. And it comes yeah. with these cute little ornaments that also kind of correlate with it. So mm-hmm. yes. yes, it was so fun getting that on my doorstep. I actually never get tired of getting Daily Grace Co. packages. <laughs> I, like, I pull know, up right? to my house and see it on my front door and I'm just like, yay, happy mail. <laughs> exactly. I want to put it on my Instagram, but I'm like, I don't want to annoy people, but I get excited I every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> but yeah, so when this episode airs, all of the Advent stuff should be on sale. So there's going to be mm-hmm. a men and women's Advent study, which is beautiful as well. And so we will link all of those in our show notes. Check it out for sure. Well, like Stephanie said, we're talking about something today that we have all experienced. If you haven't, I need to talk to you and find out what your secret is, (laughs) right? (laughs) Maybe you are even experiencing it today. And that's just bad days. You know, as I was thinking about this, I couldn't get that song stuck in my out of my head. I think it's like the script where it's like, eh, you had a bad day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they always played an American Idol when somebody got voted off. Yeah. That? <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, it's just those days when everything seems to go wrong. Mm. And it's so funny how a lot of times all of that happens at once. Right, you know, yeah. like you're having a bad hair day. And then you get a flat tire on your way to work and you spill coffee all over yourself at work. And then you come home and your kids are grouchy and you get into a fight with your husband. Mm -hmm. And then like something crazy, like your dishwasher stops working (laughs) and you're just thinking, can this day get any worse? (laughs) And you know, sometimes it's not that much stuff. Sometimes the days are just hard Um, and we become weary um, and overwhelmed. And you know, I've definitely had many days where I have said, I just want to like go to sleep and forget that this day ever happened. Mm. Just start over. Mm -hmm. Um, And it might not just be a day. Like you said, Stephanie, it might be a hard season, you know, where your circumstances are not what you want them to be. Maybe you hate your job, but you can't find a new one. Or maybe your baby is going through a sleep regression and it's night after night of bad sleep. Oh man. Um, Maybe you've just been hit with one tragedy after another, Mm. one loss after another. It can be things that are really heavy and things that are just really annoying. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be a whole range of things. And so the question is, like, what do we do with bad days? What do we do with hard seasons? Do we just, like, fight through the day and hope for it to get better? Um, How do we faithfully live in the midst of hard days or a hard season? And does the Bible have anything to say about living life when the world around us is broken? Mm. Those are really good questions. And I think they're very real questions that we probably mm-hmm. have asked ourselves at some point. And yeah, you're right. It's obvious that 
this world is marred by all kinds of evil, right? It's pretty mm-hmm. undeniable yeah. how broken this world is. And I think mm-hmm. it's right that we lament and grieve over the brokenness, right, of God's original design. And, yeah, you know, I was thinking, like, when a relationship is strained because of sin— like that's hard and should be grieved yeah. or mm-hmm. when we long to have a child but our bodies aren't cooperating for whatever reason like we can grieve and so i say that just to say the answer to how do i deal with my bad days is not to pretend that bad days don't exist right right because they do and we're not saying put a smile on your face and fill your mind with positive affirmations or go treat yourself like that is not what we're saying is the remedy here. Mm. Yeah, and those are, I think, remedies that are kind of put forth in our culture. Mm. Um, I think there are definitely some go-to answers of what the world kind of tells us to do with bad days. You know, one that I thought of is just like positivity. You know, Mm -hmm. you might have the world crashing down around you, but if you can think positive, you know, speak good vibes Mm. into the universe, right? If you can have those like affirmations that you were talking about, then you can make it through. Um, And then another one that I see a tendency for us to do is just to find a way to escape. Yeah. And there are so many different ways that we do this. Maybe it's, well, today was a hard day, so it's, it's an extra glass of wine for me tonight. Or... I just need to go shopping, right? Retail Retail therapy. therapy, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like have some me time, you know, treat yourself. Or a big one that I hear a lot is I need a vacation. Mm, Yeah. Right. If I can just escape for a little while, that would fix everything. And then kind of the third approach that I thought of that I see is just to tough it out, you know, like power through, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Mm. be strong and hope that tomorrow's better. You just got to fight through with your own strength. And I think that these are all coping mechanisms that we see, but that's what they are. They're coping mechanisms and they really don't get to the heart of the issue. You're right. And I've done many of those things, right? Retail therapy. I laugh at that, but I've definitely done that. And (laughs) I think believers can know that these are temporary coping mechanisms, like you said. Yeah. But we can still remain unsure of how to really tackle the issue, right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And we really see this when, you know, when someone comes to us with like a really hard circumstance. Um, maybe it's a miscarriage, a sudden death, a loss of a job or a broken marriage. Like many of us don't know how to enter these situations, um, even mm-hmm. if they're not ours, like how to come alongside other people, Right. When they're hurting and there's that awkward silence or maybe there are attempts to comfort with unhelpful sayings like God must have needed another angel. Or, you know, we may find ourselves saying like, wow, God has entrusted the story to you. But Mm -hmm. I know I've kind of um, found myself really uncomfortable in certain situations and wanting to just fill in that awkward silence by saying these things. And Mm -hmm. It just shows me that, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't have the ability to navigate these tough situations. Yeah. And I think that that's why it's so important for us to understand that the gospel applies to all of our life, you know, not just some areas. And I think it can be easy to think that the gospel just matters Mm -hmm. for determining whether we go to heaven or hell, mm, you know, yeah. but the gospel actually touches every single area of our lives. Yeah. And I love the words of 
Isaac Watts, who wrote the Christmas song, Joy to the World. And we don't always sing these lyrics, Mm -hmm. um, but in the original lyrics, there's a line that says, he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Mm. And I love those words because even though that truth is ultimately fulfilled when God makes all things new in the new heaven and new earth, we know that God is actually renewing us day by day like 2 Corinthians 4.16 says. Mm -hmm. And that applies to every single area of our lives that are touched by the curse of sin. Yeah, God brings renewal to all of that. And so what that means is that the gospel applies to every single part of our lives. So I think that we have a tendency to brush off bad days as just that, bad days to forget about, right? Or we have a hopeless perspective for difficult circumstances And we miss the opportunity that we have in those for sanctification Mm -hmm. and for growth. Mm -hmm. And the gospel applies to our bad days. It applies to our hard circumstances, whether they're big or small. But that can be really difficult for us to recognize, which can make dealing with bad days so difficult. Yeah. And, you know, as I've grown in my faith in the last, like, maybe five years You know, I just learned that like the gospel truly does change everything. Mm -hmm. And the only way to really understand that the gospel applies to all of life is to have that gospel fluency. And so I think back to episode seven, which is called Preaching the Gospel to Yourself. And that's still one of my favorite episodes because it is so crucial for us to have this gospel fluency and to understand Mm -hmm. that, yeah, the gospel applies to all all of life. yeah. But there are many reasons why we have a hard time dealing with bad days or difficult seasons or circumstances that are less than ideal. And it's really important to identify these reasons in order to get to a place of repentance before the Lord and healing Mm -hmm. and equipping. And so we compiled a list to discuss. Obviously, it's not comprehensive, but hopefully it gets the conversation started. And so first off, I thought, you know, we have to confess that many of us have a hard time with authority. Mm. We like to be in control. We want to trust ourselves. We don't want to trust that God is omniscient and sovereign. And the way we respond to bad days often reveals our lack of trust. And this is Mm. one that I can personally identify with. And I think we see this kind of disdain for authority clearly in how we Um, organize our schedules. So we fill them to the Mm -hmm. brim and actually don't know how to rest. And many of us struggle with rest because we don't know how to trust the Lord and that he is sovereign over all of our work. And we forget verses like Psalm 121.3 that says, he who keeps you will not slumber. And so we forego rest and many of us end up suffering from burnout. And so I think You know, if you are filling your schedule to the brim, you can't rest. You don't observe the Sabbath because there's so much that you want to pack into your your weeks. That could be an indicator that maybe there's a trust issue going on or a control issue. And the truth is, like, resting is declaring our trust in God's faithfulness. And we've said this before. It's God's mercy that he doesn't need us. Um, Yet we Mm. often act like the world is on our shoulders and then have a really hard time when things around us are crumbling or or not going our way. So when a bad situation Mm. comes, we're like wrecked by it. Um, Yeah. And so I think that's just one reason why we struggle with 
bad days. Yeah, I think that another reason that we struggle to deal with bad days or hard seasons is that we have a hard time believing that God is good. Mm, yeah. You know, you talked about having a hard time with his sovereignty, but I think also sometimes we just doubt his goodness. Yeah. And maybe it's maybe it's just that we don't actually know who he is. Um, and I think that what happens is that we see things going wrong, right? We see all of the inconveniences and the setbacks and the devastation and the brokenness. And we think, what kind of good God would allow this to happen? Mm, yeah. Or we live in fear and despair because it seems like God has no real power to fix things. If he did, wouldn't he be fixing them? Mm. And, you know, the more I study scripture, the more I see the theme of God working not in spite of our suffering, but actually working in and through our suffering. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. time and time again, God's word shows us that everything that happens is within his sovereign control and that everything that happens is ordained for his glory and for our good. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many passages you could go to. I think that the first ones that pop into my head partially because some of them I've gone back to time and time again, mm -hmm. and partially because some of them I have read recently. <laughs> but I think of passages like Romans chapter 8, 1 mm -hmm. Peter chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Psalm 66 verse 10, Job 5 verse 18. And we could go on and on and mm -hmm. on. And we're going to put those in our show notes yeah. so that you can go back and look at those. You're not expected to know what all of those say. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is that no bit of our sorrow and suffering and inconveniences and annoyances are wasted. Yeah. God is using every single one of them to transform us into something glorious, to restore his image in us, to make us holy, to make us like Jesus, right? That's what sanctification is. And, you know, maybe what is lacking is that we, like I said, don't really know who God is because we haven't been looking for him in his word. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to be intentional about spending more time in his word, mm -hmm. searching the scriptures to find out the character of God and seeing the one who is merciful and compassionate, who abounds in steadfast love, who's sovereign over our suffering. And I think it's important for us to rehearse that truth back to ourselves. Yeah. And I definitely believe that the question of how can a good God allow evil in the world ultimately does find its answer in God himself his plan and his mm -hmm. nature. And so, yeah, like you said, we really have to know him if we want any sort of resolution there in that tension. Um, and same for me, as I have just grown in my study of scripture, the more I am seeing this theme of God working our suffering for our good and his mm -hmm. glory. Yeah. Another reason we struggle to deal with bad days or hard seasons that I've seen is because we see happiness as a standard to measure up to. And like mm. you said, Joanna, so many of us don't have um, a proper theology of suffering. We see bad days as punishment and can't fathom God using our sorrow or suffering as his kindness toward us to make us more like mm. him. And yeah. we also don't know how to mourn and be hopeful at the same time. Mm. Um, but if we really do look in scripture, like we see it everywhere. I see it in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, which says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. And, you know, we see in that verse that Christians can and should grieve, 
but the difference is that Christians grieve with hope. And mm-hmm. we can see that um, we can grieve but not despair because we know the end of the story. And we can yeah. experience sorrow but not be completely consumed and wrecked because we have a living hope. And this mm-hmm. is the reality of a believer, right? That we're, yeah. we're in the tension of the already not yet. So we don't need to use happiness as a standard to measure up to. Um, we don't need to see temporary blessings as evidence of favor, right? We don't need to use that as our marker. We Instead, we need to use holiness as our measure and obedience as evidence of genuine faith. Yeah, that's good. I think another thing that makes it so difficult to deal with these hard circumstances is that we honestly just have the wrong perspective. And you got at this a little bit, Stephanie. But we can be really short-sighted, I think, where we get into this mode where we can only see like what's six inches in front of us, right? We get so stuck in the here and now instead of seeing everything in light of eternity. And, you know, the promise of eternity that we have is the promise that God will make all things new. The suffering will be gone. The pain will be gone. But none of it will be wasted. Yeah. And, you know, I know I've quoted from this chapter before, but 2 Corinthians 4.18 tells us that all of the affliction and the difficulties that we face in this life are actually preparing something incredible for us. It's preparing for us a glory that is so much greater than the sum total of all the pain that we could ever experience. Mm -hmm. It's a joy that honestly could not be measured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the problem is that too often our minds don't go there. Our minds are stuck right here. And we can only see what's directly in front of us. We forget that this stuff that we're going through matters for eternity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think even if we do keep the end in mind, right, let's say that we have this eternal perspective and we're thinking, I'm looking to the day when it'll all be better. Mm -hmm. We still sometimes get that wrong because we might say, well, one day this will be all over. If I can just get through this, it'll all go away eventually. Yeah, And that's true. That's partially true. That's That's half of the truth. Mm -hmm. But what it lacks is the proper hope because the hope is that you don't just have to endure and fight through and just like make it through this difficult season until the pain is gone. The hope is that the very pain that you are experiencing now is actually producing the joy that you will experience that you would not have experienced without it. Mm. And so it's not meaningless, right? It has a purpose, Um, And that gives hope in that circumstance because it's not just fight through, it's this is doing something good. And I can't wait to see what that is. And the question is like, why don't our minds go there? Like, why, why is it that we can't think that way? And I think a lot of it has to do with what we train our minds to go to. Mm -hmm. So true. You know, that's, and that's why we're such big advocates of daily Bible reading and daily Bible study and scripture memory and meditation and preaching the gospel to ourselves is because if we look around the world as we talk to our friends and, you know, we tend to kind of get together and complain, right? Mm -hmm. And to kind of like want to commiserate with each other. What we have trained ourselves to do and what the world has trained us to do is 
to just kind of complain and to see the struggle of the right now. But if we can saturate our minds with the truth of the gospel, then that's the place where our minds are going to start to go first. Yeah. That's what we're talking about with gospel fluency, right? That mm-hmm. that means our minds are wired to think thoughts that align with scripture. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That happens with training our minds through the study of his word daily. Yeah. And scripture meditation and memorization like that is really important for our everyday lives. And mm-hmm. another reason we have a hard time um, just with dealing with bad days is that some of us kind of have no sense of agency. And you were kind of hinting at this earlier, Joanna. Um, Some of us can feel like everything just happens to us. Um, Maybe the sense of defeat has overcome us because we felt like we tried time and time again to no avail. And so we're just Mm -hmm. defeated. Or maybe some of us grew up being taught this. Or maybe, on the other hand, we think because God is sovereign, then there's no such thing as human responsibility. And I've seen people that fall into all of these categories. Um, So whatever the reason is, like without a sense of agency, we kind of live as if we're at the mercy of everyone else or fate or whatever. Um, Mm. Then we're just going to be resigned and powerless to deal with bad days and hard seasons. And this is kind of the flip side of being controlling and crumbling when things fall apart. So here Mm. we can feel like our efforts don't matter. So we feel powerless when things fall apart and that's not dealing Mm. with it in a faithful and God glorifying way. Yeah. And that's also missing half of the gospel, right? Because the gospel says that we are empowered Mm. in order to walk in obedience and in order to change that the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do that. Right. Okay, so these are all these reasons why we struggle. (laughs) But what does the Bible have to say about bad days? You know, we've already talked a little bit about what the Bible has to say about our suffering. Mm -hmm. And I do want to encourage you to read through those passages that I mentioned earlier that we'll put in the show notes. But, you know, the Bible actually does give us ways, practical ways to deal with it. And I will say, Those ways that we see in scripture are not to ignore it and just look at the positive. It's not to shove it down, to suppress it, to pretend it's not there. And it's definitely not to just try and escape. Yeah. So actually, we've mentioned this before, but if you look all throughout scripture, lament is there. It's Mm -hmm. all over scripture. And if we zoom out, we'll actually see that it is actually kind of like a language for God's people. Um, who, of course, even know the way the story is going to end. And I love what Colin Hansen said about this. He's the editor of um, the Gospel Coalition. But he said, until Christ returns or calls us home, lament will be our God-given language for finding faith to endure in a fallen world. Yeah, and it's so freeing that Scripture actually calls us to lament. Yeah. Right? Because I think that we can get into the mindset that good Christians are happy all the time. So if we grieve something, if we lament over something, we're just having a bad attitude. Maybe we have weak faith, but that's not what scripture tells us. Mm -hmm. Scripture calls us to grieve. Like you said, lament is all over scripture and it's a good and right thing to do. Um, You know, brokenness is in the world because of sin. And sin is a violation against the holiness of God. 
And, you know, it is good and right for us to recognize that the world is not as it should be. Mm-hmm. We should grieve over that sin and the pain that it causes. And, you know, Psalm 13 is one of the many psalms of lament that we see that gives words to this grieving process. Yeah. And it's a shorter <laughs> psalm. So I do want to read it for us. And it starts out saying, How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And then he turns to God. He says, consider and answer me. O Lord, my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And so what we can see from this psalm is that lamenting is this grieving over sin and its consequences. But in the midst of that, calling out to God to help us as we trust in his goodness and in his sovereignty. Right. So it's clearly not... Um, pretending it's not there or yeah and so yeah that's pretty much the answer to our question right like how do we deal with bad days or less than ideal circumstances like we lament like you said we grieve over it and we call out to god and we trust in him um and you know i think reading through that psalm we actually see it clearly that lamenting actually is a means to lead us into deeper worship and I know that's been true for me. Um, you know, in my past, when I think of things I've lamented over and brought before the Lord, um, in that process, I have just learned more about God's goodness and his sovereignty and mm-hmm. um, more about the brokenness and the reality of this world. And it's a beautiful process of leading you to worship the God who is in the details and aware of the brokenness and our hurts and our pains. And so... Yeah, we have to realize that lamenting over brokenness is a proper Christian response to sin and its devastating effects. And Mm -hmm. it is how we process the tension of the already not yet between the pain we all experience in this world and the eternal promises of God. And it can be simple, you know, like you said, Joanna, it can be a prayer, like praying one of the Psalms. I love to do that. Or it's saying simple things like, Lord, this hurts. This is hard. And I would prefer not to be going through this right now. But Mm. I believe that you are good and that you love me. Mm. Yeah, that's a prayer I've prayed on multiple (laughs) occasions in some form or another. Um, But, you know, I think that sadly, bringing our bad days and hard circumstances to God isn't always our Mm. go-to. And I think that one thing that we tend to do instead is to use our bad days as an excuse for sin. Um, You know, I know, right? (laughs) This is a hard one. And I'm saying this from a place of seeing this happen in my own heart and life. So we do things like blame our harsh words or bad attitude toward our spouse Mm -hmm. or family Mm -hmm. or friends on a bad day. Um, You know, we use a difficult season as a reason to neglect actually seeking after God. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, we say, I lost my temper or I reacted badly to something because I'm too stressed. I don't feel good. I'm tired. 
And instead of dealing with the sin issue in our hearts, we use that as a way to brush it off and to justify mm. sinful actions. Yeah. And I think that when we do that, that really reveals how sinful our hearts are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we need to look instead to Christ as our example. You know, it's incredible to think that he suffered way more than any of us will ever suffer, mm-hmm. but he never once sinned. You know, Hebrews 4.15 says that he is able to sympathize with our weakness. He was in every respect tempted as we are, yet without sin. Mm -hmm. And that is so incredible. And, you know, I see so much of this tendency in us, in me, to say, if this thing were different, I would be more loving more obedient to God's commands. I would be happier. I would be more content. But it's just this thing that's in the way. Mm -hmm. And once that goes away, I'll do better. Um, And, you know, I've been convicted recently of this. And I've just been thinking, okay, what if tomorrow was just as hard as today? Mm -hmm. What if I never make it out of this hard season? What if this thing I'm struggling with, I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life? Hmm. Can I still make those excuses? Can I still live out of a place of bitterness and a place of not loving well? Mm -hmm. If that's going to be my new reality, Mm -hmm. can I still neglect to seek after God and depend on him if this is going to be my every day? And, you know, this has been really convicting for me recently um, in the past couple of months because from the time that I was about five and a half weeks pregnant, I had this onset of pretty severe um, nausea mm-hmm. and vomiting from pregnancy. And this isn't morning sickness. It's like 24 hours a day sickness. And it's finally letting up, but it went on strong for about two months. And, you know, I found myself just wanting to sleep it off, right? I wanted to stay in bed all day. I wanted to skip church, I wanted to let somebody else take all of my responsibilities. I wanted to be focused 100% on me and not think about what it meant to love my husband well in this season. Mm -hmm. And I had to face the reality. This isn't something that could come and go. This wasn't like I could just take a selfish day. But this was 24 hours a day for two months of my life. Mm, And I began to realize if I continue living as if things would just be better if this was gone. If I continue to keep living as if I can't be faithful to what God has called me to do because this is in the way, then what's going to happen is my marriage is going to fall apart. What's going to happen is that I'm going to lose contact with my local church family Mm -hmm. who loves me and supports me and who I need and who needs me. And so I realized that something had to change. Mm -hmm. I do want to make this caveat. There are things that you can't do in certain situations. Like, even if I am going to say, I'm not going to let this situation change everything, I still couldn't handle food most days and somebody else had to cook meals for me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and for me and my family. And, you know, it's good to accept help. I don't want to say that you have to just do everything and power through, right? But what I am saying is that hard circumstances aren't an excuse to become selfish, unloving, and disobedient, 
They're not a reason to give up seeking after God, but they're a reason to run to him. Yeah. We need him more than ever in those times. And, you know, I had to change my perspective Mm -hmm. because I knew I couldn't sleep off two months of my life. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm really glad that I didn't um, because the Lord has taught me so much in the past couple of months about dependence on him, Mm -hmm. um, about the strength that he gives when I really can't muster up any on my own. Um, I have learned in a new way, in a way that I knew intellectually, but I've experienced in a new way that Jesus is all that I need. Mm, And I've messed this up along the way. I've had the days where I've said, I'm done trying. Mm -hmm. But God's grace was there. And not just grace to say, that's okay. Everything's good. You just go lay in bed and ignore everybody else. But God's grace was there to help me to return to him. Mm. Yeah. And to return to what he's calling me to. And here's the thing. God doesn't only use these extended periods of time to help us grow and deepen our dependence on him. He uses the day-to-day. Yeah. And so we don't need to waste what God has for us in today's struggles. You know, don't miss it. Mm, yeah. We have to apply the truth that Christ is enough that we so desperately hold on to in those extended periods of difficulty. We have to apply those to the everyday, the things that might only last a day, because he uses that, right? He has to be enough for us today. Yeah. And the truth is there's always going to be something. Yeah. Like there's always going to be something difficult. This world's broken. And if we make excuses, we'll find ourselves always missing out on the sanctifying work of God in our lives. Yeah, I think you're so right. And it really does change everything if we have that perspective that the Lord could use every little thing in our day to grow us in godliness. And mm. yeah, and how that's an opportunity to just grow in Christ likeness, like that changes things. That gives an eternal meaning to our annoyances in our little in our days, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's a great encouragement. And I know I have been encouraged just watching you, um, wa- you know, walk through the past <laughs> two months. And I yeah. think you're right. Asking ourselves that question of what if tomorrow is just as bad as today, like. How Mm -hmm. am I going to respond? How am I going to deal is really powerful and really gets to the root of the questions of actually where are we finding our assurance and our contentment and our purpose? Mm -hmm. And I know for me, when I get bent out of shape, when things are going wrong in my day and, and when I react sinfully, I'm really confronted with exactly that. Like my sin, my deep need for God's grace and the sanctifying work of the spirit. And, you know, just even recognizing that I feel like is God's grace in my life. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of lament, though, that it leads us to truth and it leads us to God. Yeah. You know, it makes me think about when Paul talks about this thorn that he Mm -hmm. had in his side, Mm -hmm. this thing that just was so difficult day after day. He asked God to remove it and God didn't. And what he said is my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. And whether we experience something for a moment or a day or for a month or a lifetime, God's grace is sufficient. And we need to to believe that and practice that and rehearse that to ourselves. Sure, yep. So let's talk about practically how exactly we do this, right? How exactly we deal with bad days. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie, we already brought up that we should lament, but we need to know how to do that. Like what that looks like step by step, what is lamenting. Mm-hmm. And the Psalms give us such a good pattern yeah. um, for lament. And, you know, I was reading one today that really just struck me. And it's Psalm 77. And I'm just going to 
pull out a few portions from it. You know, it starts out with the the psalmist who is Asaph right now, just talking about this deep despair that he's in. Mm-hmm. And he says that he's reaching out to God, but his soul refuses to be comforted. He talks about how he can't sleep. He's so troubled that he can't even speak. He's begging God to give him a song in the night, mm-hmm. but he feels as if there's nothing there. And he asks these questions that, you know, a lot of us have probably asked questions like, has God's love run out? Mm-hmm. Right? Has God forgotten to be gracious for me? Is God angry at me and decided to stop caring for me? Are God's promises really sure? Is he really going to answer them to me? And it's this place where you can just see this honest brokenness Mm -hmm. before God. And, you know, that's what we need. That's what we can do. We can come to God and grieve and express this honest brokenness that we're feeling. And then there is this moment in verse 10 where you see everything begin to shift. And he said, then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the most high. And he begins to recount God's faithfulness. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. And he begins to speak of the holiness of God, that his ways are holy and good. He talks about God's faithfulness to his people throughout generations. He remembers who God is and what he has done. And I think that this, this is how we lament. We are honest before God. We call out to him and we ask him to answer us and to help us. Yeah. And then in that, we remember who God is. Yep. We remember what he has done. And even if we have a hard time believing it, at the beginning of the psalm, the psalmist said, when I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints, even when it's hard for us to believe that, Mm -hmm. even when it's hard for us to find joy in that, we speak it. We remind ourselves and we can have faith that even when we don't understand that God is doing a good thing and that God is faithful. And so it's this pattern that we see, right? Extreme grief. Mm -hmm. We can bring it to God. Yeah and remind ourselves of what is true about him and declare our trust in him. That is so beautiful. I love the Psalms. And just to remember that the Psalms are Mm -hmm. meant to be prayed back and sung back to the Lord. And yeah, yeah, like that is in the Bible, like Mm -hmm. all of that grieving and um, just crying out to God. And we can do that. You know, we can use the Psalms to pray back to the Lord. And You know, while you were talking, I thought of, you know, we want to practice this in the little annoyances in our life, right? Yeah. Of bringing it before Mm -hmm. the Lord and reminding ourselves of his faithfulness and rehearsing it and declaring Mm it and not wait to get to a tragedy. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just a little encouragement there to even the smallest things, right? Like the dishwasher breaking. Like that is Mm -hmm. an opportunity to train your mind to do this. And so, yeah, Yeah. one simple way to kind of get into the habit of doing this is start each day declaring the end of the story like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, that's remembering eternity, remembering what was accomplished in the person and work of Christ, that he is victorious and we are united with him. Like declare that at the beginning of your day and Mm -hmm. to remember that the end is our resurrection and eternity with Christ. That's hope. Um. And that gives you perspective. It takes your gaze off of 
temporary things and helps you behold Christ and live out your trust um, in his promises in the midst of brokenness and hard things or little annoyances, Mm. right? Absolutely. And, you know, that can only be done as we're saturating ourselves in God's word, right? We have to know the story in order to view our lives in light of it. And, you know, the same is true for the next point, which is that we need to actively remember God's character. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to remind ourselves that he is unchanging in the midst of our changing circumstances. We need to remind ourselves that he is sovereign over every situation for our good. Yep. We need to remember that our happiness is not dependent on our circumstances, but they're dependent on the God who never changes. And, you know, we talked about this idea at length in our episode, Being Content When Life is Disappointing. And that's episode 24. But when we see who God is, that gives us perspective for understanding that we can be content Mm -hmm. in the midst of whatever circumstances. And we have to find God in his word. We have to be seeking him enough to be able to recall what his character is. Yeah. And just saturating yourself in the word helps you um, just see things through a gospel lens. And mm-hmm. and that's yeah. going to kind of lead you to preach the gospel to yourself. We say this yeah. all the time. Um, and referring back to episode seven, if you want to go deeper there, but this could just look like waking up and saying, God, I need your grace. So that's another thing you can do. I actually do this, right? Like may the first things I say when I wake up, you know, God, I need your grace today. And mm. and that just puts you in a posture of humility. It's confessing your need for for God and his sanctifying work in your life. And it's inviting the spirit to, to grow you in godliness through whatever mm-hmm. may come at you that day. And yeah. it also kind of puts you in the posture of being quicker to repent when necessary mm. throughout your day. You know, for me, maybe it's when I sin against my kids by yelling at them um, mm. or, you know, yell to just get the quick result instead of tending to their hearts, right? Um, just yeah. starting my days like with that perspective of preaching the gospel to myself, confessing my need, starting in a posture of humility, that like lends me to repent more quickly and, you mm. know, preach the gospel and recognize my need for him. Yeah, and I think along with preaching the gospel to ourselves, we need to remind ourselves to see every circumstance as an opportunity to grow in godliness. That's a big one. Right? So part of the gospel, a big part of the gospel, is that God is currently saving us, sanctifying us, right? Mm -hmm. Making us more and more righteous. And you know, this is something that we talked about at length in our episode with Ruth Jo Simons on growing in godliness in everyday life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, we have to remember, like we said before, that God in his amazing sovereignty wastes no moment Mm -hmm. as a means to make us holy. He uses everything, which is so, whenever I think about this, I just think it's so incredible that God intricately weaves together every single tiny little detail in order to be what is good and best for every single believer and for his glory. mind-blowing. That's just (laughs) mind-blowing. Like I can't even like weave together all the aspects of my day to make it efficient and to make everybody happy. And, you know, like I just, I can't even handle just that. And, you know, that 
I think is one of the ways that we are able to do what scripture tells us to do and rejoice in suffering. It's not that we're saying, yay, I get to suffer. It's that we're saying, I know that God is somehow using this for my good. And I can grieve the brokenness, but I can also rejoice in the knowledge that this is making me holy, that this is making me glorious. And, you know, as as we look at this situation, I think that we need to preach that truth to ourselves and then ask ourselves, how can I use this situation as an opportunity to walk in obedience, right? I have just been cut off by somebody on the highway and I had to slam on my brakes, right? That is a situation that we'd probably just get angry about, maybe yell, throw around a few choice words or hand gestures and kind of forget about it and continue on our day. But if we believe what God says about our sanctification, then we know that that's a moment for our sanctification. Yeah. (laughs) And so we can assess, okay, what does it mean to grow in godliness in this situation? We might need to pray for some patience from God. Maybe in that moment, it means praying for the person who cut us off and whatever they must be going through Mm -hmm. in their day. And there are so many different ways that we can approach things, but asking ourselves and asking God to give us wisdom about what it means to walk in obedience. And, you know, I'll kind of give an example from my own life. Um, This has recently, for me, meant just a whole lot of prayer Mm -hmm. um, in situations when I would usually be annoyed or angry or frustrated. So I will say I have had a sick toddler which I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And when my daughter is sick, she doesn't sleep well. And I mean, that's true for all of us. But she was really sick, had a fever, it went away. She got an ear infection, which makes it really hard to sleep. And then by the time she got better, she got in the habit of waking up Mm -hmm. throughout the night. So she kept waking up. And God has kind of convicted me instead of despairing over how tired I'm going to be the next day and being frustrated and saying, how can I fix this? That I have been convicted to use every single night waking as an opportunity to pray. Yeah, And God has done an amazing thing there because, you know, sometimes prayer is something that I forget to do. Sometimes prayer is something that I'm ashamed to say that I don't think of all the time. And so God has used this situation to help sanctify me and help me to draw closer to him, independence on him. Mm -hmm. And so I can sit there in the middle of the night and pray for my daughter. I can pray for my husband. I start to think about these people in my local church who have shared struggles with me and I can pray for them. And so that's just one small way that I've seen God using these really difficult circumstances to actually sanctify me. Yeah, that perspective change really just changes everything. It does. At least for Mm -hmm. me, like also like every little annoyance that comes up in my day I've been quicker to stop and ask myself, okay, like, what is the Lord doing here? Like, how Mm -hmm. can I grow in godliness or Christ-likeness here? And that's God's grace in my life, right? Um, Yeah. That's him working in me. And that is part of that progressive sanctification that we're talking about. And that doesn't mean that it's always easy. This isn't easy, right? Especially if it's not just a little annoyance and it's a serious, maybe it's chronic pain or a disability or or something more permanent. Um, And what, or even if it's not like, it's always helpful to do this in community 
to have mm-hmm. friends that can preach the gospel back to you. Yeah. Um, so again, this is just an encouragement to get plugged into a local church if you're not already. Yeah. Um, and even within your local church, establish some accountability with one or two ladies in the church that are gospel minded and, you know, committed to come in and speak the gospel to you when you need it. And don't forget mm-hmm. also that you are partnering with the Holy Spirit and He empowers us to make it through hard days and hard seasons. And I know I can forget this, but we have the helper, right? Jesus says in John 14, 26, that he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I, that's Jesus, have said to you. And so, especially in our bad days, we can't forget that we're not abandoned and we don't have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Um, We can like see these as opportunities to lean into the Lord and and lean mm-hmm. into the helper, right? We have the indwelling Holy Spirit um, who yeah. strengthens us, who um, brings to mind scripture from mm-hmm. past studies. And so um, just remember that, that you are not alone in this. Absolutely. And, you know, I think in the midst of that, some of the most practical advice that we can give is to respond in prayer. Yeah. You know, every time that you are frustrated, pray. Pray when you want to react to something. Mm, yep. On on the one hand, this forces you to actually stop and evaluate and think before you react um, and to seek God's help and wisdom. But it also establishes that habit of praying without ceasing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because there's always going to be annoyances. Yep. <laughs> They're pretty much never ending. Um, We're all going to have hard days and we're all going to have hard seasons and we're all going to mess this up. Mm -hmm. Um, But the truth is that God gives us grace for that. But grace doesn't mean that we just keep living the same way. Right. His grace (laughs) empowers us to change. And I think that little by little, as we are faithful to preach the gospel to ourselves, to go to his word and to really examine our lives And these annoyances in light of that truth, we're going to start to see change. That growth can be slow and that is fine, but God is faithful to work sanctification in us. Mm -hmm. And you know, even if we aren't in a season where we're experiencing difficult circumstances, we still need to rehearse these truths to ourselves to be prepared when those seasons do come so that we can glorify God in all circumstances. And it won't be this unnatural, awkward, weird thing to do when life gets really difficult. Right. There is this element of preparing for the future, for training our hearts to trust in God's goodness in the hard times. And, you know, realizing that he does know the future and we don't. And he knows the trials up ahead that we don't. And we can trust Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 that says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I know that verse has really been helpful for me because I can get get into the habit sometimes of thinking, oh, I don't know how I would handle whatever tragedy, just some hypothetical tragedy. But to realize that I can't even fathom handling that tragedy today because he hasn't supplied the mercies for that tragedy today. But if that is in my future, I can trust that he is going to provide the mercies I need that day and that Mm. moment and that season. And his grace, like you said, is sufficient and will carry me through. 
So that's just an encouragement to trust in his faithfulness, his omniscience, um, his mercies. And just ending here, I know we have said, preach the gospel to yourself so many times. And and that could seem kind of like a fad, but it's not. (laughs) It's life-changing and it's something that we absolutely Mm -hmm. need to do. And it's because I love what Paul David Tripp said. He says, when the unexpected, the unwanted, the unplanned, the hard and the difficult enters your life, you will always preach some kind of gospel to yourself, always. Mm. And so there are no exceptions there. And we want to preach the gospel, the true gospel to ourselves in the good times so that we will be prepared to preach it in the bad times, right? Um, and we shouldn't be surprised that we're going to go through trials. It says in First Peter 4.12 that, There are going to be fiery trials, and we will experience our own measure of suffering in this life. So let us not be surprised, but let us be equipped to faithfully live through it and bring him glory. And don't question in the dark what you learned in the light. So Mm. that's been really helpful for me. When you're having a bad day, don't question God's goodness because you know that's true. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Well, we want to thank you all for joining us. And, you know, I really would encourage you to go back and read through some of those scriptures that we mentioned. We'll have all of those listed out in our show notes, and you can find those at dailygracepodcast.com. And we would also like to just invite you to follow along with us um, on Instagram at the Daily Grace Co. Um, to hear more about the podcast and to hear more about what's happening over at the Daily Grace Co. Stuff like that awesome Advent study (laughs) that Stephanie mentioned at the beginning. (laughs) Thanks again so much for joining us. And we can't wait to talk to you all once again next Tuesday. 